I think I had a call with AC or something. We're just like, you know, catch it up. And he was like, dude, so you have this business, right? You have this business where you can live anywhere. He was like, obviously, you can still play ball. Um, dude, why don't you just combine them? I never really put the, the dots together like that. Okay, great. But like, I have no idea how to do that. Like, how do you like talk to teams? He was like, don't worry. I'm going to introduce you to the godfather of European baseball, David Burns. And then Jimmy Jensen will be your guy. Like, and, and that's exactly what he did. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. I've been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Hey guys, it's David Burns, the founder of BaseballJobsOverseas.com, and this is our podcast that helps to inform you about the many playing and coaching opportunities around the world. Grew up Albany, New York, upstate New York, uh, not, not the hotbed of uh, baseball talent, but uh, went out of Georgetown, you know, spent four years there, uh, you know, played a lot as freshman and a sophomore, um, you know, didn't put up like huge numbers, but we got a lot of ABs, got to play a lot uh, in the field. And then um, junior, senior year is really where I kind of like, uh, you know, uh, had some good years. Um, so senior year had probably my best, uh, best baseball year uh, kind of of my life, uh, you know, it pretty well, you know, let the let the big East's plug in. And you know, felt like there may be a shot to, to get drafted and kind of go from there. Um, you know, fill out the questionnaires and all that stuff. Later I found out, you know, everyone fills out the questionnaires and it's not that special. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so so finished up my senior year, uh, you know, had a good year. Um, but you know, also lined up a job. Um, you know, at, at the end of my senior year, I was very broke. <laughs> and and you know. You know, just ready to you know not be broke. <laughs> um, so basically, at the end of the senior year, I had some interest from from independent ball teams, and um, but I also had a job lined up in management consulting. So kind of looked at those two options and, and said, you know, I know what the indie ball grind is like. You know, I, I have a lot of buddies even in the minor leagues and in indie ball grind. And um, at that point in my life, it was just not what I wanted to do. And you know, quite simply, I was pretty pretty done with baseball, right? Like and, you know, Jimmy, you know, and, and it's just like so much baseball all the time for those four years. It's not only the four years at Georgetown, you know, spring, fall games, but it's also all the summer leagues. I played summer league every every single season. Um, so, you know, where did you play summer ball at? Yeah, so I played with the Albany Dutchman my first, that's a freshman year of the perfect game collegiate baseball league up in New York. And then I played two summers uh, with Newport Goals and New England collegiate baseball league. Um, won a championship there, was named the number one you know, summer team uh, in the, in the nation, which was like a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, huge. Yeah. We, we were loaded and, you know, I, I had a very small part of that, but the, the team was loaded, you know, a lot of, a lot of major leaders actually now on that team, lots of Slater, uh, guys like that. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, those summer, summer, you know, experiences are incredible. Like Newport and probably the best place to play summer ball, you know, I'm a little biased, but, uh, it was, it was amazing. But I think that senior year and I was just, I was done with baseball. Like, I had fun my senior year, but it was just like the, the toll it takes on you as a, as a human being uh, is, is a lot. So, you know, I decided to go a different path. Yeah. And, and the, the being broke thing I relate, you know, I can relate to like this, this pressure to like, Oh, I need to get, I need to start making some real money and, and move on. Uh, it's just, a, it's just interesting to hear the different perspectives of people because there's people that didn't have near your background or your success. I'm looking at your numbers here. You hit 344 in your senior year. Four, uh, four or five bombs, five bombs and like 47 RBI. I mean, like you could have gone on, you could have gone on and continue and did the grind and you opted not to. And then, you know, there's guys with maybe half your resume that hold on to that dream and, and continue to be broke and, and go for it uh, because of some guy they played with that maybe they heard this story of somebody that did, did make it, you know, maybe, you know, uh, through the Pecos league or whatever the case is, there are these, um, these stories of guys that, that have made it, but for you to kind of just say, no, I'm, I got my, you know, I got my baseball in and, um, and, and to make that decision is, you know, it's interesting to hear anyway. Yeah. I, yeah. Can, I can also kind of like understand that. Cause I mean, I went to Menlo's, which is like a, I don't know, it's a small business school. You went to Georgetown, which is a big academic school as well. So I'm sure your like baseball school, work balance was just off the charts in terms of having no free time at all. And then probably the disappointment that you had of not getting drafted. 
um, kind of just pushed you a little bit into that extra, into that direction of taking that route towards going the business route. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to throw shade on anyone who, who decides to go the indie route. Like, I'm not, you know, saying that at all. Um, but you're right, Jimmy. Like, you know, going to Georgetown um, gave me an opportunity to, you know, after school have a lot of different things that I could do. And, you know, honestly, that's the reason I chose Georgetown and, you know, looking at Ivy League. Like, that was the reason I went that route uh, to have those opportunities after, after you know, the degree. But um, to your point, Dave, like, you know, I, I just kind of got to a point where, you know, I was, I was ready to try something new. And, and, and like you said, life is all about baseball. And I know you guys can relate. Like the first 22 years of my life was almost fully devoted to baseball, right? Like you said, Jimmy, like Georgetown is, is pretty demanding academically, but you know, let's be real. Like people go to those schools to play baseball and like, yeah, you do academics and they're hard. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, 22 years of my life, hundred percent devoted to baseball and quite honestly, like identified as a baseball player, right? Like even in my family, a group of friends, like I was the baseball guy, right? Like I, I was a guy that played you know, division one baseball. Like that was my full identity. And at 22, you know, I said, I, I think I'm more than just a baseball player, right? Like, you know, I, I want to, I want to, you know, contribute to society in, in, a, in a business sense, but also just find out what my other interests are, right? Which is, which is hard for a lot of baseball players. But I know I talk to a lot of guys all the time and they say like, after baseball is a, a ends, like I don't really know what to do themselves, right? And, and I think this is a good segue into like, you know, what I'm doing now and, and yeah. you know, the, the different path, but I just wanted to figure out what my other interests are and, and, you know, looking back. about it. And from, from what I know or what I've read through your profile and our discussions, it seems to me like you've been in the same industry since graduating. Is that, is that right? So yeah. This, yep. So this was like, you already knew what you were doing when you were in college and like, this is what I want to go do. Or was this, because uh, most people don't, even when they graduate, they're like, still don't know what they want to do. And that's often why they continue with baseball and go overseas sometimes, too, is kind of prolonging that. But I'm just curious to hear how you ended up getting into the industry that you did, maybe even talk about what you are doing um, or what you started off as and then go from there. Yeah, yeah for sure. So uh, honestly, I, I had no idea what I wanted to do, and that's why I picked the industry I picked. <laughs> um, so to, to get back, right, I guess. Um, I, I went straight into management consulting uh, right after my, my senior year after I graduated. Um, way simply, it was because consulting goes across a lot of different industries. So, you know, for, for those that may not know what consulting is, basically, you know, I joined a firm that helps other businesses with their problems, right? And that's, that's kind of the simplest definition. We were business doctors. So we would go into a client, we'd be solving a hyper-specific problem for them. Um, and it could be three months, it could be six months, it could be a year. But basically, you solve that one problem, and then you move on to a new client. And that could be in the same industry, that could be in a different industry. So for me, when I first heard about consulting, I was like, oh, that's great, because I could just sample all these different industries, all these different clients. And then I was like, oh, well, you know, after doing that for a couple of years, maybe I'll figure out what my real passion is and, uh, and go from there. So I, I joined, a, joined a consulting firm right after, right after university. Honestly, they paid well, and it was it was an interesting way to you know see different industries. I did that in Washington D.C. for about a year and a half, and I moved to New York City for about two years. Um, uh, I switched consulting firms with generally the same thing, and then uh, in 2018, I, I started my own business. And we kind of go into that process there, but you know, consulting is something I kind of fell into. Um, I'm very happy I did because it, it gave me a lot of skills and it, it allowed me to see all those different clients and industries. Um, but I, I chose it because I didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, you always like to make it sound like you had a master plan, but sometimes that's just the way it goes. Go ahead, Jimmy. Sorry. Yeah, no, it looks like you found exactly what you want to be doing. And now like you've started and are running like a successful company, you're able to travel the world, work remotely. And I just remember when you came to us, like wanting to go play baseball overseas, you're just like, yeah, you know, I run this company. I can, I don't really need much money. I just want a cool place to live and play baseball. It's like, well, that's an easy sell. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I, remember, I remember that first call was uh, uh, definitely fun. I'm like, I, I'm sure I'm a little bit different than, than most guys that come to you, you guys. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like, if you told me at 22 what I'd be doing today, I would be like, no, you're lying. Yeah. Like, there's, no, there's no possible way. And you know, I was even thinking about this yesterday when, when I was thinking about this, uh, this chat. I was like, this is like a crazy, like crazy convergence of all these weird things in my life. But like, I feel like it's the right, 
the, like the right circle uh, of life. You know what I mean? Like not only am I working, not only am I playing baseball, but I'm also, you know, traveling and, and living in a different culture, which is like, you know, three of the biggest things in my life. And like to have them all happen at the same time, is just, um, and I'm just super, super grateful that all this stuff came together. And I mean, I honestly, you guys are a huge part of that. Like I wouldn't have this opportunity if, if you guys weren't, were behind me and uh, kind of point me in the right direction. So um, a, a lot of great people. At this point, Dude, you're living the life. <laughs> um, there's, not, there's so many guys on our website, you know, like uh, people probably are getting sick of me preaching this kind of stuff, but <clears throat> over the years I've witnessed imports come and go through the club that we, we deal with. And then of course, vicariously through our members around, and, you know, you get a variety, you get those that are like utilizing every spare second they have while they're overseas. Cause there's a lot of downtime. And then you got others that are like just chilling and enjoying their time and not really focused on what they're doing after baseball. Maybe some of them already have it figured out going into it, but a lot of them don't have it figured out going into it. Um, so I, I'd be curious how you got into consulting as somebody that didn't actually have a successful business of your own at that time. So here you are giving people advice about your business, about how to do business, but you haven't done business yourself. So I'm kind of curious for anyone listening that maybe, hey, I want to go do what Steve does. How do I get into consulting? How do I start my own consulting firm? Maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, how you even get into that and, and what kind of um, skills you need uh, to at least get started and get in a company like the one that you did before you go and start your own consulting firm? Yeah, for sure. No, it's a great question. And it, it's funny because, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but going to Think Simple and Rock Baseball Week, I would tell all these guys, and they're like quite, quite honestly, like most of them are a little bit younger than me, right? I'm 30 and, and they're you know, 22, 23, 24, whatever. And I tell them about what I'm doing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have this company or whatever. They're like, dude, how, how do you even get started doing that? Right. And, and, you know, what I would tell them is basically like, Hey, if you want to start a business, if you want to, you know, sell yourself, right. You have to have some type of skill, right. Like that, that's, that's base level foundation. You have to have something that is, is valuable to someone else. Right. So the first step would be, you know, obtaining skills that, you know, if you're interested in a great, um, I would say like, just make sure it's valuable to someone else. Like it's great if you love drawing, um, you know, and there are great graphic design jobs, but like, make sure it's, it's valuable in the market. Right. Um, so number one, I would say like, get some skills that are in demand. And then, um, you know, once you have those skills, you can actually you know, go off and create a business. I think that's step number two, but how to get those skills, I would look for a company or someone that you respect or, or know they're doing something interesting and, and try and shadow them, right? Like apprenticeship is the best way to, you know, gain those skills in a real world setting, because it's, it's one thing to go off. And I, I know there's tons of like courses online and that's a great place to start, but like, it's just like university, right? Like you don't really use anything in university. You learn everything after university and, and on the job training. So I would suggest to everyone that's interested in that path, find someone that you, um, you know, can, can chat with, do an apprenticeship with them. You know, hopefully it's paid if it's a, if it's a real company, um, gain those skills by working with someone else. And then when the time is right and you want to spin it off to your own thing, um, obviously I can talk about how to do that, but um, you have the ability to because you have those skills that are in demand and someone will pay for them, right? That's, that's business 101. Um, so that, that's what I, I told most of the guys. And then to your point, Dave, like some people do it, some people don't. And, you know, that's, that's on them at that point. But, you know, if you have that information, you can kind of either make use of your free time, which there's a lot of in Euro baseball, or you can play FIFA. Which, you know, it's all good, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and then those guys that choose the FIFA, I get it too. All right, I was an input once too, and I uh, I didn't do any of what I'm preaching. Did you start your own consulting firm so that you can work remotely and travel? Because I know prior to playing baseball overseas, you traveled all over the place while working. So I want to. I'm just curious if you said I'm going to start my own consulting firm so that I can travel the world and work remotely, or was that also just kind of fell into it? Or, or? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, and so I think it was about, it was about three years. I, like, I was in the nine to five grind, right? Like working in DC, New York, like, you know, just, just like everybody else. Right. And it was actually, it came from, I, I went on a, a three week vacation with one of my, my college roommates to, to Thailand actually. So uh, I was living in New York, went on this vacation with, with my guy and we got to the last day and we're, we're sitting on a Thailand, uh, you know, beach 
And we're just kind of sitting there, like, you know, drinking a beer or whatever. And, like, I'm writing down uh, Jordan Hall was keeping at the time. I still have it today. And I was thinking about it. I was like, I love New York. I love my friends there. My family's there. But, like, what am I going back to? Right? Like, I want to continue traveling. Like, this has been such a refreshing three weeks. Like, I feel like I'm grown, but, like, just being able to experience so much in these three weeks. Like, what am I going back to? Like, what does my life look like? You know, if I'm doing this for the next five to 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever. So I wrote down in my journal, I was like, you will find a way to make, you know, travel a, a long-term option, right? Like, I had no idea what that meant at the time. I was just, it was just like, I want to do this. Um, now, from that point until I actually started my own company was about two and a half years. So a lot of stuff had to happen in, in that. But I, I did start the company with the intention of like, this will support my travel and and my ability to really just be free right it, it didn't necessarily mean travel for an indefinite amount of time it just it, it allowed me to work wherever i wanted to to, to, to be and, and live um so it was started in that intention but um i also was really interested in entrepreneurship and, and making something of my own and uh you know and going down that route so yeah that's, that's how it started and uh you know looking back now i'm, I'm because I had that flexibility, it obviously led me to baseball again, and uh, it allowed me to do a lot, of, a lot of cool things over the last four and a half years of traveling nonstop. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, just to list a few, Germany, Czech Republic, England, Hungary, the Netherlands, Georgia, Indonesia, Vietnam, Japan, Colombia, Guatemala, Costa Rica, Mexico, and Canada. Um, and then in France, oh, and, and now France, yeah. But that was prior to baseball, and Canada's the last one on the list from your profile before France. And that's when you just rediscovered baseball. So here you are, like, you're this old trotter without the baseball. What's that, Jimmy? Good old Fredericton. You know, baby. New, New Brunswick. Brunswick. New Brunswick, baby. It's what uh, turned my whole life around. Uh, but my, no, Dave, you're right. Like, so I, I spent, uh, I guess, like four years, no baseball. And honestly, like, I didn't play that much baseball after I you know, retired from Georgetown, right? Like, I played in some like softball leagues and like some rec leagues, but like I wasn't training at all and doing anything. Um, but yeah, so I, I traveled around, lived in Southeast Asia, South America, Europe, whatever. Um, three months at a time, four months at a time, and that was the next place. And then uh, I was in Mexico, and uh, you know this thing called COVID hit, um, and and decided to go up to Canada, um, and kind of got I I literally slid into the border um, the last day before they closed it to Americans. Um, but I think it was like 24 hours before. So if I, if I took the next flight, um, I, I would have been let in. But so I get to New Brunswick, Canada, shout out Atlanta, Canada. Um, and, and I was living there for like a, a I guess it was you know, March of 2020. And then I lived there for an entire year. Again, no baseball, just working and doing the whole thing. And it was funny, you know, went out and um, I was talking with, with a guy there. And he was like, yeah, so, um, you know, we actually, we, we play some baseball here. And, uh, you know, we had this like little team or whatever. He was like, you know, I, I know you used to play a little bit. Like, would you, would you want to like, you know, join our team? Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not doing anything. Like I used to play a little bit, like, I guess so. Um, so I joined the team and, and that's kind of what brought me back to baseball. And it, it, it was a marked difference between when I left Georgetown and kind of how I felt about baseball versus coming back fresh eyes seven years later. Um, I just loved it, man. Like it was just so much fun. Um, just just playing and like not worrying about getting drafted, not worrying about what my stats are, just like le legitimately just having fun again. And uh, you know, shout out to Adam Kerr who who brought me onto the team there and, and all Fredericton, New Brunswick, um, and the Fredericton Astros. And uh, yeah, that's what started the journey. And then obviously a, a, a lot of things happened to, to get me where to where I am today. But that's what started. Man, it's crazy. So how did you hear about uh, baseball jobs overseas? Was that through AC? Was it Alex? Shout out Alex Carter. <laughs> Shout out AC, my guy. Um, yeah, so from so basically started playing in that league up there and I did pretty well. And uh, I think I had a call with AC or something. We we're just like you know, catching up. And he was like, dude, so you have this business, right? You have this business where you can live anywhere. He was like, obviously, you can still play ball. Um, dude, why don't you just combine them? And I was like, I, I, I really, I, I knew he played in Europe, but like, I never really put the, the dots together like that. And you just like AC Carter, um, who, who played Montpellier and had a bunch of different uh, Euro teams. He was like, dude, just do that. And I was like, okay, great. But like, I have no idea how to do that. Like, how do you like talk to teams? 
He was like, don't worry, I'm going to introduce you to the godfather of European baseball, David Burns, and then Jimmy Jensen will be your guy. Like, and, and that's exactly what he did. He, he, we, uh, you know, we put together the profile and all the, all the, all the behind the scene details before we reach out to you guys. Actually, I don't, I don't know if we talked about that, but like I had everything ready to go before yeah. I even reached out to you guys. Um, so basically AC held my hand from, from day one to, to get me signed basically. And obviously you guys did as well, but that's, uh, that's how I heard about it. I remember that. I remember like, wow, this guy's on it. <laughs> yeah, you, you, and I'm looking at your profile now. And I remember thinking while, while preparing for this interview, like we, like I've seen it before, but we need to use this as like a, a, a template or an example for new guys. Like this is what we're yeah. looking for in terms of putting your information, everything out there, not leaving any stones unturned so that clubs can make an informative decision. So you came prepared and looks the, the profile looks great. And there's lots of cool stuff in here. Also about like little things like, well, not a little thing, but something people might not think of, but like the, the, the fundraiser you did for charity for, uh, for cancer, for uh, kids with cancer and um, stuff like that. And you raised over 50,000. I mean, that just speaks a lot about your character. And a lot of guys kind of throw their numbers up and think, okay, someone sign me. And, and uh, the clubs overseas are looking for character as much as they are performance and, so you obviously bring that and, and we felt it in Prague and, and at Finkston ball. Um, I have so many questions. Yeah. Go. Sorry, Jimmy, go. No, you're good. Yeah. But I, just to kind of reiterate that point, I just remember like, cause oftentimes when a guy signs up or reaches out, you know, I'll hop on a phone call with them and I'll answer some of their questions. But I remember with you, like we set up a zoom call and then like on the zoom call, you're super professional. You have everything together. You know exactly what questions to ask, because I mean, I guess you've been talking with AC throughout this whole process and yeah, like instantly I'm just like, yeah, this is going to be a guy that uh, will definitely get a lot of opportunities to continue to play. (laughs) Like for one, a D one guy, like with good numbers Two, you know, you run your own company, you're kind of self-sufficient three. You're just seems like, a great person, genuine person who just wants to play ball, help grow the game um, and travel. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. But yeah, to reiterate your point, I, I think you, know, you like with everything in life, you like you get what you put in. Right. So my advice to the guys that are looking at this as an option, it doesn't mean that you have to have everything prepared like before. And, and look, AC was was a tremendous resource. Like he literally like we had a Google Doc, we go back and forth, you put comments on it. So like, you know, he was a huge, huge help, and that's why it was so, I would say, polished by the time I got to you guys. But for everyone out there, like, get your stuff together, right? Like, you know, it's gonna. And I love you guys, and, and you guys do a great job. But like, there's a lot of there are a lot of guys out there, and, and you know, Bernsey and Jimmy are two people, right? So like, you have to be kind of you know uh, that person that drives it too, right? Like, you guys only have so many hours in the day. So the more ammo that we give you guys as as the athletes, like the better that you can sell us, the more you know, but also just the, the better that you can kind of have your information out there. So I, I would definitely say put as, put as much time and effort into creating the profile and then your background as you do into like reaching out to teams and all that oh, stuff. So 100%. Amen. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, how no, many appreciate, times, appreciate the choir, right? <laughs> how many times did we say that? Like it's all in the profile, really. Like they're not, they can't scout you firsthand. So it's all in the profile. And like that's your resume. Fill it out. Make sure everything about your baseball career and you like that's how teams are going to sign you. And we're here to like help make that happen. So like you, you just need to follow our, our guidance on that. Yeah. So in this case, it was easy. You just laid it all out. We didn't have to ask you any additional questions. It's like, all right, he he sent us everything, you know, in one shot. Um, Too much. (laughs) So So, uh, now go ahead, Jim. I was thinking before we talk about Fingston Ball and Prague Baseball Week, I want to learn a little bit more about your team in south of France in Montpellier. Like, what's your setup like? How's the team? Where are you situated? How far away are you from the beach right right this second? Probably 20 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe okay. maybe 15 if I'm, if I'm cruising. Okay. I mean, in a car, like, it's like probably 10 minutes. Yeah. But, yeah, how's the team? How's the season going? How's everything going down there? Yeah, for sure. So just for everyone's uh, knowledge, I, I signed with the Montpellier Barracudas here in the, the French First Division. Um, There's actually a team that AC played for. I don't think there was any connection because I, I think I had to I had to remind them that AC played here like when I first started talking to them. I think they just, you and and, and them re- uh, talked to each other. But anyway, so yeah. signed with them. Um, and I mean, 
dude, this, this is the best situation I could have hoped for. Um, obviously Montpellier is, uh, you know, it's in the South of France, but it's a, it's a, it's a proper city. Um, it's not too big. It's not too small. Uh, there's great public transportation. The city itself is super vibrant. Uh, it's, I, I think the, the biggest university town in the South of France. So obviously a lot of young people, um, but just like the vibe is overall amazing. Like it's funny, like I had a little bit of hesitation to just like come to France because like, you don't, you have those stereotypes, but like, dude, everyone here has been so incredibly nice. Like the club itself, you know, from day one, I felt just like so supported. Everyone was looking out for me. Um, and, and uh, I, I couldn't have asked for a better experience uh, on, on the field. Obviously we've, we've done pretty well. I think we're sitting at 11 and three right now. We're on, on top of our number one, number one in the pool. We have uh, a big double header coming up uh, to finish the regular season with Sonar. Um, so that'll, we'll be, see. that'll be a good one. Yeah, yeah, it's the uh, you know all, all the talk of French baseball right now is uh, is Montpellier and Sonar on, on July twenty fourth. Um, but but no, everything's going well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you know swinging swinging a good bat, and um, you know it's funny. I was thinking about it the other day too. It was like I couldn't I couldn't have drawn up a better situation. Um, you know, for me, I'm a little bit different than most of the imports. I would say because I kind of I worked out a different deal. Um, so. You know, obviously the import um, housing is, is typically shared and it's with, um, you know, the other imports, maybe it's a little bit farther away from the city. So when I told the team, I was like, hey, I'll, I'll handle my own accommodation. So I got my own apartment in the city center. And, um, you know, it, it's not only because, you know, maybe a little bit older and they don't want to sleep you know, next to the next to do anymore. But um, I also need it from like a business sense as well. So like I need a, I need a, yeah, you're in my office slash, uh, slash bike room right now. Um, <laughs> So, so I just need that kind of space to be able to run my business and do something like that. Um, but overall, like they, they take really good care of you. All, all the imports are really, really uh, well taken care of. And uh, the, the situation is just awesome from, from the field, off the field, the city. Um, you know, I, I sing the praise of them for, for everyone. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, that's, I'm, I, years ago, I did a blog post on like my ideal like baseball vacation or if I were to like play like from a travel standpoint in Europe and Montpellier, I can't remember they were, it was ranked up there for sure. Cause beach town, um, beautiful area, good baseball. So that's Great. awesome. Love to hear it. Um, we need to go, we need to go to Finkston ball first. Cause Let's go yeah. Finkston ball, Finkston ball yeah. first. I mean, that's the first BBJO like Globetrotters team, the first BBJO branded team. And that was an awesome experience that we had to throw together last second just because the team from the Dominican had to back out. Um, but yeah, how was your how was your experience at Fingston Ball? Like, what did you expect going into it? Because I know AC had probably told you some stories, but uh, what did you expect going into it? And how did it kind of compare to those expectations? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, Fingston Ball, man. Um, so so what AC told me. Um, before I started the season here, it's like, you know, whatever you do, there's two things you need to do during the summer. Number one is go to Finkston Ball, and number two is go to Pro Baseball League. So, like, before I even started playing girl baseball, those two, those two things were on my radar. And I know Jimmy, I like reached out to you in like you know, January. I was like, hey, dude, Finkston Ball, like, I want to come. You're like, all right, chill. It's like, <laughs> like six months. Um, so, so, my expectations basically, AC told me it was like, you'll never. I've never seen such a unique baseball experience because, you know, for those who are not, uh, you know, uninitiated to think some ball, it's, it's not only a baseball tournament, like a really cool baseball tournament, but there's also, you know, parties and, and concerts every single night. at the field. So like, I've never seen anything like that. So it's just there's incredible. There's a stage right next to the field. It's a baseball slash softball tournament slash concert every single night. And it's yeah. Four days of just literally baseball and party. And, I mean, that, and that is the, that exactly what it is, right? Like you, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, but so that's, I, I didn't really have that many experiences you know, other, other than that it was like a unique experience. But the fact that, you know, I guess it was like two weeks, three weeks before the, the BBJO uh, branded team was coming available. I mean, so, so uh, for those of you who don't know, we put together an import team of, of guys playing all over, you know, Germany, uh, Czech, Austria, whatever. And we formed uh, the BBJO Globetrotter for the first time ever. Um, so even without that, I was already expecting a good time. But that just like made it so much more, I think, special for me because not only were we getting to experience this great baseball and this you know, crazy, unique experience, but we, I was able to kind of meet the guys and 
obviously we, we won the tournament, so that doesn't that doesn't hurt as well. But man, just like one of the I thought was going to be the best one of the best baseball experiences of my life, and then you know, prog happened as well. So, um, <laughs> but fix ball, man. Like I would say to everyone out there too, next year if you're in Europe, make it make it a priority if you can. Um, just one of the best baseball weekends of my life, to be honest. Yeah, and now we have a BBJO BBJO um, team in the tournament. We have to defend the title, so they have to invite us back because yeah. they want typically our club teams. Um, they don't want tournament teams. Um, so I tried to get a team in before, and they're like, "Well, we got club teams. There's a wait list, but we'll put you on the wait list." And then, and then when that one team fell out, and we were the ones that said, "Yeah, we'll we'll put a team together last minute." Now, now we're in. So we just got to go win the thing every single year. But I, I'm pretty sure they're going to let us have a team regardless. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even have time to get jerseys or anything. So everyone wore their club jerseys and like everything was just thrown together last second, but it couldn't have turned out better. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's yeah. great. Um, Shit. But then, what a cool experience. As you alluded to, what you thought was your best um, experience, uh, overseas baseball experience, ended up being maybe the second best. I don't know. Um, We'll, we'll let you um, tell us about that. But so then you also signed up for Prague. We happily took you and because um, there's lots of people that wanted to go, but we, yeah. it was really difficult for us to kind of um, figure out who to invite. Obviously we invited some returners, gave them first option. Then we had to fill some holes. And, um, but I mean, you were, you were an easy, easy um, selection. So maybe you can tell us about, you know, your expect, expectations going to that after such a high at Finkston ball and then how, how you that experience was for you. Yeah, man, June, June has been a vibe for sure. It's, uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think it could get higher than Finkston ball, right? Like, um, you know, just the, the camaraderie, like the brotherhood, the guys I met there, I was like, man, these dudes are like awesome. Like obviously very talented on the baseball field, but it's like cool dudes to hang out with and drink a beer, right? So going into Prague, I was like, man, if it's like half a Pinkston ball, obviously it's, it's a lot more guys. So you never know like how that's going to work, right? Like you never know, are you going to vibe with every all 40 guys on the team? Like, is it going to be clicky? Is it going to be, you know, half the guys there for one reason, half the guys there for another reason? So going in, I was, you know, not, not skeptical, but I was like, you know, there's just no way I could live up to the same, same height, right? And man, I was, I was so wrong. Like from day one, like you could just feel the energy. Everyone was on the same page and obviously it, big kudos to you guys for setting the tone early about like you know obviously we're here we're here to have fun but we're here to play really good baseball and more than anything we're just here to kind of like jealous brothers and, and represent the brand right um and i think from from day one where you guys set that tone everyone was on the same page and like man i don't even know how to describe it. like i'm still like still have that like emotional hangover you know, maybe a little bit of physical hangover too but like it, it was just like the way i was talking i talked to riley more you guys know riley you know here playing in france and way we were talking about it was like okay like day one you get there you meet everybody you know, you're still kind of telling people out you're getting beers or whatever and like you start to gel pretty early on you know and then like two days go by and like you gel even more and you kind of think like oh this is as good as it gets right like we're all we're all having fun and then the way we talked about it was like the energy just keeps building every single day and i don't know what it is about frog you said the same thing you're just like that's what that's what the energy is and oh, man like just everyone was so on the same page and like by the end of the four or five days whoever was obviously winning a championship and, and, and going out and having one of the best nights ever. Um, you just feel like you, you played with those guys for like four or five years. It's, it's just like yeah. how fast those bonds created and like everyone's such a good dude. Everyone can ball out too. Like we were talking about like, yeah, we played some half games and stuff like that to get everyone innings. But like if you come out or you're, if you're sitting on the bench, you're seeing another dude in your position ball, ball out too. You're like, of course, like it's uh, it makes a lot of sense. So very selfless guys, great to hang out with on and off the field. And just a super talented bunch of baseball players. So like, man, Prague is, yeah, I, I think it's probably the best baseball experience in my life. It's incomparable. Yeah, uh, it's really hard to put into words because you have to you have to have been there. Like it was, I, I've been to I don't know I can even count now seven or eight of these um, with the international stars, and now we took over as baseball jobs overseas to put a team together. Um, and I, it, it's always been special, but this was on another level. So it was like, it, you can't even explain it. Just the energy across the board. Everybody was just we like, there were clicks before and, and groups and everybody's friendly, but they would go their separate ways into Prague. And this was different. We were like that one night we went out for dinner, the whole team came 
And then yeah. they disperse into different directions. <laughs> no, the whole team went to the to James James Dean or James whatever. Dean. And then yeah. and then then you look around at three in the morning, and still all forty guys are still having the time of their life. Like it was crazy because yeah. that was like like we made it kind of clear early on. Like guys, we have morning games every every day, but this is our one day. We don't have to play till six thirty. So if you want to go out, this would be the night to enjoy yourselves. But even then, like everyone's out but everyone's still you know like pretty responsible no one's getting like yeah you know, control yeah everyone everyone was under control and having a good time good vibes and then we show up the next day we're ready to play everyone's good to go and i did i didn't six zero. <laughs> what's that and then we won 16 zero the next day so like that's <laughs> I, I don't i don't remember seeing anybody that was like the next day, just absolutely rough or, or like sleeping on the bench or, or like a mess or whatever, nothing like that. Everybody was professional about it. They went out and had fun, didn't overdo it, showed up and balled out. Like you said, man, I think staying at the panorama and having the sauna and cold bath and that whole experience True. <laughs> probably helped that a bit. <laughs> the recovery. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, and here's the trophy to prove the old, the old work. Yeah. Man, that, that game, too, was, like, one of the most locked in I've been in a baseball game. Like, you know, honestly, like, I get, I get sometimes bored of baseball games when you play the field or whatever. But, like, dude, from pitch one to the final pitch, everyone was vibing together. Everyone was yeah. just, like, locked in. It was one of the most, like, fun baseball games I've ever, ever played, too. Well, it was a battle, too, because, I mean, Spain's got some good, good dudes. Oh. And, like, you know, we kept on putting – like, we weren't scoring a ton early, but we were putting together good at-bats, putting a lot of pressure on their pitcher. Yeah. And then, like, finally we scraped one across, and we scraped two, three, four, and then – And they were all, like, battles because I've been going through the video trying to put – I'm going to put this movie together, and I've been sifting through the video. And it's, like, the, the at-bats, like, nobody was – there was no home runs hit by us. There weren't a lot of hits, but there was a lot of – like quality at bats working productive at bats yeah productive at bats and it was just like and you know because the pitching we were facing was yeah. top notch really that first guy to he was throwing harder than than scooge and i, I would say and scooge was yeah. in the 93 94 so i'm like well, and everybody was not- nobody looked late nobody looked you know what's that I think he was clocked at 95 against the Lithuanian team. So, oh, right. and to be honest, I think he was probably throwing a little bit harder against Spain. Yeah, and I don't I mean, know. He was coming in. <laughs> yeah, and that, regardless but the fact that he had a he had a no hitter aside from one pop up that blooped right. I don't know. That was not really considered it's a, a hit. Slipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he had a no hitter through four. And then we're just like, oh, sorry, Scooge, got to take you out. He's just like, yeah, man, no worries. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, to your point, I think that's emblematic. Like, I think the reason we won is because everyone had each other's backs and like we were vibing so well, like, and you guys know this, you guys have been a lot of tournament teams, just like I have tournament teams sometimes morph into like, I'm trying to get my, my stats and trying to get my whatever. And this team was just like locked in for everybody. And that's when that's when you see those like grind grinded out ABs. Like I remember TG just had this like 12 pitch AB or 13 pitch AB. And that just like fires everyone else up. And it's just like that, that kind of like vibe just goes throughout the entire team. And I think that's honestly why we just scrapped it together. We were, like you said, it was a grind and we were fighting like every at bat, but every single dude was fighting. And that just wears the team out, right? Like, like I knew we were going to win based on those ABs, but like, man, I think it, it, it's because of how great the energy was throughout the entire week. It just culminated in that moment. And then, you know, we were just like, hey, hey, baby, on the mound. It's crazy. crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Man. You're right. 100%. Like, and, and that was also from day one. I, I, I you know, like, I've been to other Prague baseball weeks, and, and people know it's like a stage for them to showcase themselves, to maybe play in a better league or whatever. And, and we're there, Jimmy and I are there, and all these eyes on them. And guys sometimes tend to squeeze the bat a little too tight or whatever the case is. But I think from the beginning, we, we set the vibe. It's like, we're here to have fun. We got the backpack, we got the helmet, and we're like, we're, we're here to have some fun, boys, and, and, and play good baseball. And I think from day one, guys just looked relaxed and zoned in, and, and, and I think that really – carried through the whole tournament i feel like having guys like galley like austin gallagher really set the tone too because yeah. i mean he was kind of the captain a guy that like a lot of the young players looked up to i mean got up to triple a i mean he's 
calling his shots in the dugout before he goes up to bat and then just hits. I think he had like three bombs and five at bats. Yeah, that dude's yeah. different. That dude's different. But yeah, you're right. Like he was the like the clear, um, you know, vibe captain of the, of the week, and like yeah. everything kind of fed off that. And you know, he he knew how to do both, right? Like he's done it before, and he's just a beast in general. But he he said it like obviously, you know, Joyce too, and, and Nick, like all those guys who have been there before, showed kind of like what this is all about, and then it just fed throughout the entire team. So I mean, those guys said it, and, and everyone else just kind of followed it. Man, yeah. Prague Baseball Week. Fuck, oh, crazy. Yeah. I'm already that. ready for next year. Yeah. <laughs> that's been not just the sentiment of us three, but like every single guy that I've spoken to since then and in our in our WhatsApp group, this everybody if we we've sat down and had the same talk with them, they're they're saying the exact same thing. So um it couldn't we're, we couldn't be happier. It went on it went perfectly and uh, aside from a few jersey mistakes. Um um, it, everything that's went. Jake. That's not you. <laughs> that's on Jake. Yeah. Yeah, he's not here to defend himself, so he can throw him under the bus. No, yeah, we love you, Jake. But no, but shout out to you guys for real. Like, I know you. I know how much organization that was. Like, you guys put together such like an incredible not only roster, but like all the behind the scenes stuff. I, I know that's that's it takes a lot of time and effort, and even putting lineups together, all that stuff. So like, you guys did an incredible job. I know. I know. I speak for everybody. Just like you guys crushed it, and and you guys put it all together. So. You know, thank you, thank you guys for doing all that. You're welcome. There was one point I had a little meltdown, and I said to Jimmy, "I'm like, I, I don't know if this is worth all this." And now <laughs> it's like so worth it. So we're like, I can't wait to start working on it for next year because there were a couple oh, points where, like, you know, like you think it's finished, You're like finally my job's done because I was the the pre-tournament organizing a lot of the stuff and like more Jimmy's roles more at Prague and same with Boomer and these guys. And I'm like, oh, good, my part's done. It's like, oh, can I bring my girlfriend? <laughs> or like, can I, can I stay a week now instead of three days? Or can I change my jersey number? I'm just like, oh. Yeah, oh, work is never done. Back out of the tournament. Now what? Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so far, yeah. It's like, who do we play tomorrow? Yeah. And then people like wanting to come. Then now we're full. And uh, so it's, that's, yeah, that's the hard part. But, but anyway, yeah, it was great, man. So what's the plan for you? Like you can literally do this for until the wheels fall off. Right. So I'm just kind of curious to hear what, what your thoughts are um, moving forward with, with your, your two passions. Yeah, no, it's a, you know, I think initially, you know, this was a trial year for me. Um, I obviously wanted to see how everything would fit together. I was, I was a little bit um, reticent just because I didn't know how, how business and baseball and like all these different, you know, things would fit together in like a day-to-day life. Right. So that was my, that was kind of like my, my mindset going in and everything's just kind of gelled so, so well together that like, you know, I, I'm, I'm super happy with the experience here. And, you know, uh, I'm, I want to continue. Like I, I think just like business and kind of the, the opportunities I've had, I'm going to take things step by step and, you know, continually reevaluate my situation versus you know, what I'm, what I want to do. Um, but right now, like, I've honestly the summer of my life like just everything you have travel you have you know i'm able to run a business and and you know you know, make money and then obviously have the best baseball experience i've ever had so um i want to continue and you know maybe that's winter ball in australia argentina and then you know come back for euro round two um i'm, I'm in man so we'll, we'll see what happens love it love it that's what i wanted to hear so so we'll yeah. just reserve you a spot on on the Fingston and, and Prague Baseball Week roster. 100. percent 100. Yeah, I don't even know what happens, but I, I'm, I'm coming back for those, no, no doubt. Awesome. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I appreciate it. Like, I, I do have a couple business-related questions, so if any of you aren't interested in that, feel free to tune out. But um, I, I would suggest sticking around because um, this guy's got it figured out, and we can all learn something from him. So. I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's all figured out, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Successful in the business, playing business. You know, like you're you're living a good life anyway. So, um, how does one go from? All right, I'm working for a company. But before I go on, actually, do you, how's your time? Good. I'm good. Yeah. No right. How does one go from working? for a consulting company 
to creating his own and being successful at it. Like, where do you get the clients from? Uh, I know there's probably something you can't just take them from the company you just worked from. So, um, so I'm just kind of curious, like how you went about that and how you built up your own successful business. Uh, I know that's a loaded question and you probably can't summarize it in a, in a quick answer, but if you could give us any insight into that, that'd be great. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's a great question. And, and, and you know, I know a couple of guys have asked that same thing. So, you know, basically from when I had the idea of, of wanting to create my own thing versus actually doing it, um, a lot of steps had to happen along the way. So I think the biggest myth um, that I tell people is like, you know, I think everyone, when they think about creating a business or, or going off on their own, think about kind of the superficial things first. And, and what I mean by that is like, what's my logo going to look like? What's my name going to be? What's my website look like? And like all that stuff doesn't matter. Like to be completely honest, like the way that I did it. And again, I don't know if it's right. It's just the way that it worked for me. I basically said, I, I literally opened up a Google doc and I, I wrote down all the skills and things I knew how to do right from four years in consulting. I said, these are all the things I know how to do. Um, and basically I took that Google, Google uh, doc and I created, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but it's called upwork.com. Basically a, a, a place to hire, hire freelancers. And you say Fiverr? Uh, upwork.com, but same thing. Fiverr is the same. Yeah. All these freelance marketplaces. And I basically took that Google doc of things I know how to do. And I put it into an Upwork profile. And I said, here are the things that I know how to do. I'm Steve. Like, here's my background. Does anyone want to hire me? Right. And like, it was as simple as that. Um, I didn't start an LLC. I didn't you know, create a website. It was just like, here are the stuff I know how to do. Does anyone want to buy? Um, so I think if, if you're looking to kind of go off on your own, um, my, my always, my challenge is find out, you know, figure out a way to make $1 online. If you can do that, you can replicate it. You can figure out the rest. But I think people get bogged down and like, you know, scared of all the things you have to do to like create a business. And just like, dude, just what do you do well? And, 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 and find someone who's interested. That's it. Um, so I know it sounds simple. It's, it's not that simple, but um, I would say break it down to bare bones as much as possible. Love it. That's awesome. I love it. That's cool. That isn't simple, like, because there's so many, like, barriers to entry when you try to do all these other things. And that's as simple as, like, you just throw yourself on one of these platforms, like, hey, I'm good at this shit, so. Yeah. It's not, like, a long-term option to be, like, like, some people do it long-term, but, like, to be honest, the money is not really good on those platforms. It's a race to the bottom. Like, everyone's going down in price because, you know, people are going to hire the cheapest person. So, like, it's not a great long-term solution, to be honest, but it's a great way to get those first initial clients. And then you get those first initial clients, you get their testimonials, you're able to build your website, you're able to upscale a little bit, you're able to charge more, you're able to get off those platforms. Cause like your whole goal should be to get off those platforms and, and be able to have your own ecosystem of clients. And that's where you make more money. And that's where you, you know, have longer term relationships. So like, it's a great way to start, but I wouldn't advise doing that for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you're right. Like you have to, you know, throw yourself out there and, and see what sticks. And I'll be honest, like I hit the first three projects I applied for and I was like, oh, I'm a world beater. Like this is going to be easy. And <laughs> I, I sold everything I had in New York. I put my laptop in my backpack. I had a one-way ticket to, to Indonesia, right? So like, I was like, oh, three projects, like crushed it. Like, let's go. Um, this is going to be the best, you know, 10 years of my life to be a millionaire. I literally landed in Indonesia. Um, I haven't changed anything. Like I'm doing the same stuff. I'm applying the same way. And I do not get any money, do not win any projects for three months. The first three months of my digital nomad experience, crickets. And I did the same exact thing. I didn't tell people I was in Indonesia. I didn't like do anything different. And like, so those challenges are always going to come. Like, no matter if you have my background, if you don't, like, you're going to have that stuff happen to you. So it's, I'm not trying to say it's all easy. It's all simple. It's a straight line. It's just like continually putting yourself out there and, and you know, finding ways to, to you know it's just like baseball you fail and then you find a way to, to get past it um so there's gonna be challenges for sure but you build that muscle to, to get there, right? yeah is there of, of all those countries you went to is there one where you would say maybe Indonesia, where like oh it's super cheap to live here this is a great starting point like save up maybe save up this much 
go there with your business. Uh, maybe you're, you're just, you know, working on Fiverr or whatever, making a few bucks here and there or whatever. Is there a place where that you would recommend is like, that's a good kind of starting point to, to start with where you don't have a lot of expenses because it's super cheap to live there and you can build yourself up while being overseas. Yeah, for sure. So my, so yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a planner as, as I'm sure Jimmy knows that Garaging with spreadsheets and stuff about where I want to play baseball. Um, but uh, so what I did was I, I saved, I think it was like 12 months of like living expenses before I made this big jump. So it seems a little dramatic. I was like, oh, I sold all my stuff. It was a little bit more planned than that. Um, but so I, I would say just like, you know, having that, you know, nine to 12 month cushion or even six months, um, places in general where I would say it's pretty easy to, to get by with that would be Bali, Indonesia is where I went. Um, and then Vietnam is great for it as well. Like I lived a, I lived a great life in, in Vietnam, you know, great apartment, like, you know, lived like a king for under 700 USD a month. Um, Georgia, Tbilisi, Georgia is also another great place. Um, it's kind of off the beaten track a little bit, but, um, it's a little bit better for time zones as well. Um, and then Colombia is great. So I lived in Medellin for a little while, um, pretty, pretty cheap there as well. So, um, you know, you'll find two digital digital nomad hotspots around. Typically, the, the cheapest place with good internet, and uh, those four places are, are great places. That's Very awesome. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the list here. Like Guatemala is on there, okay. Costa Rica, Colombia. So I mean, a lot of these countries, there's baseball too. Hungary, even right. Like, so I mean, you know, some of these places are affordable, and you could also place baseball so really cool man I, I love it thanks for the interview this was this was great and we're going to be in touch we're going to be in touch to talk about um maybe making baseball jobs overseas a little more efficient so um, hey, you guys. everybody could use some steve anderson help i believe so what's the, what's the name of the website in case anybody is interested or like you know maybe their their dad or maybe themselves Maybe they need somebody to evaluate their business and, and help them kind of get a clear path to, to what's next in, in their business step. Or maybe you could do the elevator pitch yourself of, of what it's about and what you could do for them. Yeah, yeah, no. So, I mean, a um, couple places where, where people can find me. So my, my business is called Colo Consulting um, it, and you can find me at heycolo.com. Um, but I also want to say like to everyone out there, you know, whether baseball players or not, or just people that randomly find this, is like I, I love to be a resource for guys that are trying to figure it out. So, um, not again. I, I I swear I don't have to get all figured out. Like I'm still making up as I go, and and I just want to make that very clear. But um, I, I want to help other guys too. So like if I could be a resource for anyone who's interested in overseas baseball, interested in like starting a business, interested in just making money online, guys like seriously please reach out to me. I, I'd love to help. Um, so good places to find me is actually I have a personal website as well. It's Steve. S-T-E-V-E dash Anderson dot C-O. So maybe put the show notes too, but um, go on there and my contact information is on there as well. Um, So reach out to me. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, whatever you guys can find me. Um, But um, but yeah, please reach out to me. I'd I'd love to help anyone out for sure. Awesome. Love it. That's awesome. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. I'm I'm sure some people are going to reach out because I mean, you know, most guys out there don't want to give up on the dream and continue to play. And, and if there's a way they can do it, then here's the motivation. So perfect, buddy. We'll, we'll be in touch then. I'm going to, I'm going to hit the stop record, but thanks again uh, for your time. And, and it was a great interview. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate you guys for, for everything. And, uh, you know, had a lot of fun chatting and uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll chat again soon. If any of you or someone you know are interested in learning about playing or coaching overseas, the best way to go about it is to go to baseballjobsoverseas.com and just fill out the feedback form. And then one of us will follow up with honest and detailed feedback on what your chances are in taking your career overseas and in which countries. Uh, The next probably thing I would recommend would be to educate yourself about what overseas has to offer. And there's plenty on our blog. Just go to our website and then go to the blog. Uh, Our YouTube channel, Instagram account, any of those will give you a nice feel at least to what overseas has to offer. But the blog is where you could actually learn a lot about the leagues and listen to interviews like this. Once again, thanks for listening. And until next time, may the baseball gods be with you.